We're going to be in John chapter 8 this morning. Uh, Last week we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd, and we talked about that when we hear that phrase, I am, that it helps define who somebody is and what's important to them and maybe their function, their role, or what their focus is. And, um, and if that's true of us, then when we hear Jesus um, or read Jesus say, I am, then we should lean in and listen because if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, which he's called all of us to do, then we should know who he is, where he's going, what he's doing, because that's what he's called us to do as well. And, and as I was preparing for this, I, I, I realized as I see articles and, and news reports and read Twitter and all that stuff that... Um, you know, sometimes what happens is uh, we can make the assumption that everybody believes like we do. Um, not just out in the world, I think that's a huge mistake, but even the people sitting next to you. And maybe you're saying uh, this morning, how can I know that any of this is true? Aren't these just words written by men? Well, it, it does require faith, but that's not the right question. How do we know that this isn't just what he asked his first-generation believers? I mean, the world has changed so much, and we're not like that anymore. And how do we know that he really wants us to do that? And that's a good question, but it's also not the right question. The right question, when you hear or read the word, is this. Will I? Will I believe? Will I obey? Will I do what he tells me to do? Will I submit? Will I live my life like he took? That's the really big question. That's why we don't often ask that question, because it gets right to the heart of what's true and important is, and I would say to all those questions maybe before, uh, do you track down every Google lead to make sure that it's true? I mean, why aren't people questioning, oh, you can't believe Google, Every article that you read or link that you find on Twitter, are you tracking that person down to make sure that they're telling you the truth? Or do you just accept it by faith? Because you don't know that person. (laughs) You didn't do the research. You didn't see who they talked to. And yet, we just seem to accept that. You usually listen to the doctor and you accept that what he's saying is true. But do you really know him? I've had four doctors in my short time here, and I'm not sure they know me. But I'm hoping by faith that they know what they're doing. And I ask you to do the same thing when it comes to God's word. It may look different, but it is the truth. And even though the culture has changed drastically, the truth and the principles found in God's word are for us to help us be the people he's called us to be. Not to look like the culture, because he never expected us to do that. He didn't expect us to be like the culture. He has always been countercultural. But what he has called us to be is people called by his name. People that are called out. That's what the church means. Ecclesia means the called ones, the called out ones. And, and this time, as we, as we see in John, we're going to see something very different of what he's calling, not only himself, but what he's called us to do. So the big question that you need to ask yourself is, will I? When you hear the Word of God, will you listen to it? Will you hear it? Will you actually obey it? Or are you going to set it aside? And at least, and maybe you're, you're not a full-on believer yet. I get that. We've got all kinds of people here, but I'll tell you this. At least give it equal status of Google. Or whatever uh, articles that you read or, or 
our web searches that you at least give it equal status of that because you don't know anything more about them than you do about the Bible. So maybe you need to begin to question, is this really true? Because, I mean, after all these years, I know that everything on the Internet is true, right? Let's see what Jesus says. <clears throat> we're going to go to John, and, it's, and we're going to back up just a little bit. We're actually going to go to uh, John chapter 1 for a reason here. Because until we read John chapter 1, we're not going to read the whole chapter, so it's okay. Until you read the first eight verses, then what Jesus is about to say of himself isn't going to make much sense. And here's what John says as he writes this. Now remember, John is just a regular guy like you and me. And this is what he says. It sounds kind of weird, but just bear with me for a minute. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word is actually capitalized because it's a title. Okay? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? As God spoke, men wrote down what He spoke to them. The Word was with God. He spoke words, right? If you read the very beginning of the book, He spoke and things began to get created. Okay? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, now they're saying that the Word is a He. Can you guess who the He is? That's right, Jesus. You guys are so smart. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. He didn't just come to exist with himself. He said, I've come to give life, and this life is light for you. It's light for you. And this light shines in the darkness. Makes sense, because light needs to have a place to shine. If there's never darkness, we really take light for granted, don't we? Light shines in the darkness, but the darkness couldn't comprehend it. Everybody that ran into Jesus, they had a hard time understanding who he was, what he was doing, and what his, his mission was here on this earth. And, and it's hard for us to understand that, because we live in darkness in our minds were darkened. Verse 6. But there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now John's writing this, right? Uh, he, he got sent just like every, every last one of us. He was born to human parents and his name was John. This man came as a witness to bear witness of the light. And now light is capitalized. You notice that? That means, again, it's another title. And that all through him might believe, verse 8, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Okay? Just like John, we are not the light. Right? The light is Jesus Christ. We are sent people. He has called us, and he says, now go into all the world. He has sent us out. He not only called, him to us, called us to himself, he says, you come and receive the light from me, receive the word from me. I am God, and I am the word, and I'm going to put the word in you. And the word that you go out with, I'm sending you out to share the word. I'm sending you out to bear witness of the light. Okay? Got it so far? 
We are sent, and this is what, what runs right up against especially our American Western version, is this. We tried every twist and turn to bear witness of ourselves. Because I am the most important person in my life, and I am the most important reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And yet here is John saying, I'm not the most important person. In fact, I'm here to bear witness about him. My life is to tell people about him. My life has a purpose to tell people about him. And the way I live my life now represents him, not me. Now, if you are a good red-blooded American, you say, that's just un-American. I would say, you are right. But the Bible wasn't written for America. It was written for people that were called by God's name. It was written for followers. It was written for disciples. It was written for people that actually wanted to get away from the self-seeking, self-interest of the world around them. Even the Jews at that time didn't get it. Well, how is this going to help us? I'm not here to help you. I'm here to help everybody. And that was hard because they didn't get it. Well, we want somebody that's going to kick out the Romans. We want somebody that's going to restore the nation. We want this and we want that and we, we, we. And yet he says, I am here to be the light that shines in darkness. Now go to John chapter 8 real quick. And I'm going to set the scene for you. Jesus is speaking in the temple. This is what's kind of funny is people think that he didn't go to church. Jesus went to church, temple. They didn't have church yet until the book of Acts. And he's standing in the room where they bring the offerings. Later in the the Gospels, he actually talks about this room where he sees a, a, a widowed woman that is very poor come in and give a small offering. And he says she gave more than everybody. But what's unique about this room is that this room is lined with candles as a symbol of the fire of God leading his people in the wilderness. And if you've never read that story, God, because he didn't want to kill people with his presence, he said, I'll guide you at night as a pillar of fire, and I'll protect you in the daytime as a pillar of cloud. And he moved, and when he moved, they moved. And when they set up camp, his glory, a big pillar of fire, came down and resided in the midst of the most holy place. And they knew that his glory was with them. And you can only imagine what people all around must have thought as they saw this pillar of fire from the sky from miles and miles away, wondering what in the world is going on. And here he was being, I'm your very present light, because there's no light in the desert. There's no cities. There is nothing there. I will be your light. And here's Jesus standing in the temple with all these candles burning, representing the glory and the presence and the provision of God as he guided them in the wilderness. And look what he says. I am the light of the world. I'm not the light to the Jews. I'm not the light to any particular person. I am the light of the world. And not a globe, not a a decimated planet, but people. Every person, every person, everywhere. I am the light of the world. I'm the one 
that was there, remember at the beginning, I was with God, and when, I, when he spoke, I spoke with him. I was the word that was spoken out, let there be light. One of the first things he made. To separate light from darkness. I'm the light of the world, and he didn't just stop right there. If you follow me, now, I'm going to lay some really heavy words on you here. When he says that word follow, it's this really strange word. It means follow. It doesn't matter that you know Greek or Hebrew because what this word really means is to be on the same road with or on the same path with as a disciple or as a student. I'm following somebody on the same path. That's the word that he uses when he says follow. He didn't say, if you think about me, He didn't say, if you study me. He didn't say, if you acknowledge me. He said, if you're on the same path, following me, which means you're not in front, you're not the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Makes sense, right? So what happens if we don't follow him? What are we walking in? Now here's the deep part. Darkness is usually representative of ignorance and sin in the Bible. When we don't follow him, we're just going our own way. We make our mistakes, then we blame him for not being a light. And yet many places in the Bible, right, refers to him as light. That lights the path for our feet. And this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, 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 shine. You are a a light of the city set on a hill. Now he's speaking to us. But listen to this. If you follow me, notice that this is a a choice. You are going to choose. Are you going to follow me or are you going to walk in darkness? Because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. If you follow the darkness, where does it lead then? The opposite of life, right? Is that what you want this morning? So here's that question. Will you follow the light or will you stay in the dark? See, now that's a good question. Will I? Will I accept that He is the light of the world and that means that I have to follow Him and He's going to light where I'm supposed to go and He's going to light where I'm not supposed to go? We have a tendency, most of us, we don't see well in the dark. We don't have uh, animal eyes. We have eyes that have very limited ability in the dark. We tend to stumble. We tend to trip over stuff, even in our own house. Think about this for just a minute, people, right? How long have you lived in that house? And if you turn off the lights and try to navigate... See, that's the beauty of God. That's why He gave us shin bones, so we can find tables and chairs, right? That's why we have toes, so we can find bedposts and immovable stuff, right? Isn't that funny? In a house that we have designed, a house that we have put everything where it is, even with the lights off, we still have a hard time walking in the dark. Question is, will you follow him? Will you be on the same path? Think of the people that were standing in that temple wondering... This is the place in the temple where we talk about God providing light 
to our people in the wilderness, and yet here's Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And if he's saying that, then that means he must be God. And I'd refer you back to John 1.1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, here's the question about the will you. How bright are you going to let your light shine? I'm going to ask Miriam back there if you would uh, turn the lights out there for us, if you would, Miriam. If you're afraid of the dark, it's okay. Just relax. Ooh. Okay. Oopsie. How light will you let your light shine? Woo! Will it be this bright? How bright is that? Will it be this bright? I can see people, I kind of think. Or how about this? Who gets to choose? Do I get to choose how bright you shine? Now, quick illustration. John says, I'm not the light. Right? Is that what he said? I just bear witness of the light, just like me saying, Hey, everybody, look at the light. Is the light evident in this darkness? Is it shining on me? Right? Now, what's really cool that you don't know is that Look around for just a minute. Can you see some faces where I'm shining this at the ceiling? Can you see it? Now look around. This one little light pointed to God reveals the people around you. What happens when I shine it like this? Notice that it darkens the people around you because it's all on me. Just this simple act illuminates the darkness, right? This is how simple is what he's saying. Nothing deep. You don't have to know what the word light means in Greek or Hebrew. It just means that when we bear witness to the light, and our job is to say, it seems pretty dark, you know, look at the light. I'm not the light. There's a light that's shining in darkness with all the lights on. Go ahead and turn the lights on if you would, Miriam. How powerful is that light now? Now here's the quandary, folks. Some of you are really worried that the world is getting messed up. That's for our light to shine. 
that the darker the world gets, the brighter our light. And we're just the reflectors, right? You are getting lit up by the reflection off the ceiling. That's our job. This is what he's saying. Now the question is, who or what are you following? And where is it leading you? If you're not following the light, you're following the darkness. And where does that lead you? That's a good question. Will I follow him? Will I follow when he says? Will I? That's a big question this morning. What are you following? Money? Friends? Fame? Relationship? Your own self-esteem? This was interesting. I was thinking about this. I typed it in because our world is full of this. I typed in just the phrase self-esteem on Google. 14,000 hits just that day. There's a lot of people worried about their self-esteem, about who they are. And I'm here to tell you that if you follow Christ, you don't have to worry about your self-esteem. You are found in Him. That when you follow Him, and I do mean follow, I don't mean think about, I don't mean acknowledge, and I don't mean read about, I mean follow. That where He goes, we go. Where He says stop, we stop. Where He says don't, we don't. That's what following means. It's not just admitting that there is a God. That's not following. That's an intellectual acknowledgement. And He doesn't tell us to do that. You know what He tells us to do? Follow. Be on the same path with. I see him walking and I'm trying to walk in his footprints. The problem is many of us are on a (laughs) sidetrack. We think we're walking with the Lord. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I'm walking with the Lord. (laughs) Who's leading then? I know it's a figure of speech, but it's co-leadership, isn't it? Has he called us to co-leadership? No, he has not. You follow Me, he says. You can't both lead at the same time. You know what that leads to? Another word, division, meaning two visions, two paths. Right? What's he talk about division a lot in the Bible about? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. But you think, I'm walking with the Lord. He never called you to walk with the Lord. He called you to follow me. And that's what makes it hard, is then you have to say, will I? What if he takes me someplace I don't want to go? What if he tells me no? What if he makes me change my life? What if he wants me to stop some things? What if he says, and then the big question comes, will I? Will I? Here's what the New Testament says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. Remember, he's speaking to church people. He says, you see... We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We're not the focus of this. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, do you know what Lord means? This is going to hurt some of your sensibility this morning, so grip the seat. Here we go. If he's Lord, you're the slave. And slaves do what the master says. I ain't no slave. You should read your New Testament, and maybe you aren't, and maybe that's the problem. You're still fighting to be in control. 
You're still fighting to be Lord. You're still fighting to be the master of your life. And you're walking in darkness. At best, it's ignorance. And at worst, it's just flat-out division, which is sin. What's he called us to? To follow him. We aren't here to preach ourselves, but that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for God, who Jesus is, let there be light in the darkness. Notice that he always wanted there to be light in the darkness from the very beginning. There has to be a separation. Has made this light shine in where? Our hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. You see what he's saying? I made a physical light so you can see the difference between light and darkness, but I want to put this light on the inside so that you're not all about your glory. And because as soon as you can embrace that light, you'll see who Jesus really is. And then you'll be ready to follow him. And this should be our prayer. This is not a witch hunt. This is not about poking people in the eye. This is about realizing that some people who think that they're following Jesus are actually on a parallel path and they're still walking in darkness because they have not submitted to Jesus Christ. They know religion. They know church. They show up, but they're still plotting the course for their life. They're not following. In fact, they will never follow. And yet they're going to say, I walk with Christ. Fortunately, it's beside him. We're in front of him. But he says very clear, he shines this light in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God and then we shine for Jesus. We are not the light. That's what John specifically said. We are not the light. We are just the reflectors of this light. And when we go around preaching ourselves and lifting ourselves up, we obviously don't get the light. We're actually preaching darkness and leading others in darkness when we become self-important. The New Testament is full of this. Don't let yourself think highly of yourself. In fact, think of others before yourself. What a contrast to our common culture, isn't it? Here's what John says in chapter 3. John knows a lot about Jesus because he was with him. He says, there's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. I'm glad to hear that. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Remember when I asked you that will I question? Will you believe who he says that he is? Now, This may sound harsh, this may sound archaic, this may sound narrow-minded, but this is John who knew Jesus, and Jesus inspired him to say this, and this is what he's saying. Are you going to follow me? Are you going to do your own thing? You've got a choice, but when you do your own thing, you've brought yourself under judgment. And for those of you that don't know what that means, just believe me when I say it's not a good thing. You don't want to be under the judgment of God. Then he goes on to say, we haven't believed. It's not because we didn't walk right. It's because we're not following God's one and only Son. Verse 19, and the judgment is based on this fact. Now listen, this brings it right home, church. 
This judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world. You have all heard about Jesus Christ. But people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. Just like we started this morning talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is to root out darkness in our lives. That's why we must not harden our hearts because when we begin to walk in darkness, what we're saying is, I love that more than I love you. And I'd rather do that than to follow you. In fact, I, I get more enjoyment and I'm telling you that there is pleasure in sin. The Bible even says that, that there is sin is pleasurable for a season, but then the bill comes due, folks. And then it's not so fun anymore. Even if it's fun all the way to the end, he says there's going to be judgment and then you're going to face a God that says you could have been walking in the light, but you chose darkness because your actions were evil. Now, for those of you that grew up with a, hey, it doesn't matter, I can do what I want and there's grace, read this passage, read your Bible so that you don't fall into darkness. Remember I said that darkness is symbolic of ignorance and sin? And he does a lot about preaching about staying away from deception because we deceive ourselves. We don't have to have somebody else deceive us. We deceive us by saying, oh, it's not so bad or God doesn't mind, or that's where His grace is. His grace is to reveal your darkness, and then you get to step into the light. That's grace. His grace is not, hey, yeah, bring that mess into the light. Grace is, leave that stuff alone, and you follow me. That's what he says. We love the darkness more than the light. We love our way. We love our path. We love our plan. We love our life more than his life. And all who did evil hate the light. Now think about this. This is is what makes it very hard. That you think that what you're doing is a choice. It is. But what you're really saying is, I hate the light. And maybe it's only a small area of your life. But he's saying, when you do that, When you think that, when you act that way, what you're really saying is, I hate the light. And let's remember that light is not just atomic energy being released as molecules. Light is a person. Light is Jesus Christ who says, I am the light of the world. Now imagine this. Imagine every time you had to do that act or wanted to do that act that you had to verbally say, I'm going to do this because I hate Jesus. Imagine if it was mandatory that you had to call up your friend, hey, hey, Josh, yeah, this is Tony. Um, I'm thinking about going out and doing this thing because I hate Jesus. What do you think? Yeah, that's kind of that's, that's judgmental. Um, I can't believe you'd say that. What do you mean I've got judgment? What do you... Uh, They refuse to go near the light because their sins will be exposed. Do you know that that's the place and the power of the Holy Spirit? Because he doesn't want you to live in darkness. He doesn't want you to be judged. Church, he wants you to walk in the light of Jesus Christ and have a life that's worth living, not 
face judgment, not walk in sin, which always seems good for a moment, and then you realize where it can lead. I've been there. I've walked in darkness. Many of you, that's your path as well. And now you've seen the light. Why would we go back to the darkness? Why? Verse 21, but those who do what is right... Look what they do. They come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. When you follow Jesus, you're showing people where the light is. Not that you're perfect. He never said that you're perfect. But what you're doing is showing, look it, it's the light that changes me. And the light is a person. He is the light of the world. And he's refining me. And he's moving on me. And he's changing me. And there's things that I want that I shouldn't want. And I have to decide, will I walk in that darkness or will I expose it to the light? That's a great question. I believe that you're a smart crowd. I believe that you don't want God's judgment. And so we go back to that same question is the will you will will you follow him will you do what he says will you believe that the bible is for you will you you know he didn't say follow the cultural trends of the bible he doesn't we don't need to dress in robes and sandals and don't shave and he doesn't call us to that he calls us to something simpler but also harder which means Deny your own darkness, and every last one of us is born with it. There's a darkness in us that we, there's places in our lives, every last one of us, that we want to keep hidden, that we want to keep it in the dark so that nobody sees, and that's what he says, that when we play that way, it shows that we don't want our sin exposed. Here's what's wonderful, that when it gets exposed, he deals with it. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't throw you out. He actually says, great, you brought it into the light. It's like having mushrooms. You expose them to sunlight and they die. Fungus, any of those things that you don't want, mold, do you want that in your house? If you don't want it in your house, expose it to light. You want it in your house, keep it dark, keep it cool, keep it wet, and it will grow. And you don't have to do a thing. But I'm telling you what, that's walking and living in darkness. Are you going to believe that he is the son of God? Are you actually going to fulfill that call that he has placed on you? And you may not believe your call, but remember what John said, we are all sent people. If you've been called to the light, now you are sent out to your family, sent out to your friends, sent out to your work, sent out to your campus, sent out to wherever you are, you're a sent person. You're not just somebody stumbling through life. You are a sent person. And where are you going? We go where the light goes. See, what's interesting is that I think we believe that Jesus will bring his light into our sin. He expects us to bring our sin into the light. Because it will reveal that we no longer love 
that darkness. Because he's not going to come and be a participant in our sin. He already did that. He already took on every sin of the world to break it on the cross. And now that he's free, and now that he's risen again, there will be no darkness in him, ever. And if we're going to follow him, maybe we have to decide, do I want to follow darkness, or do I want to follow light? And for some of you this morning, I'm just telling you, I know, I know how I think in this. Some of you are already arguing with me right now, well, the Bible doesn't say. There's lots of things the Bible doesn't say, but now it's a hard issue, Right? That's why he said, I want to shine that light in your heart. He doesn't say anything about cheating on my taxes. Well, maybe you should read the word, because he does. (laughs) He doesn't say anything about smoking or gambling. or That is true. He doesn't use those specific words, but he uses a lot of other contexts to help us understand what our behavior should be like. And there's a lot of things that aren't sin, but still make us walk in darkness. True testimony right here. How many of you would say, I want some participation this morning. How many, of you, how many would you say this morning that brown sugar is a sin? What? Now, when I was a little kid, I found out what brown sugar was. And I like brown sugar. And nobody in my household had said to me, Son, don't you ever touch that brown sugar. I came across it. It was an open bag. I thought, I wonder what that is. Ooh, that's good. Follow with me just a minute. And I kept coming back. And kept coming back. I, I was just a kid, and I didn't sit down and eat the whole bag at once. But throughout the day, I kept coming back, and I kept coming back. And my grandma followed me one time. She says, what are you doing? And brown sugar is not a sin, but I lied. Because somehow I thought I was doing something wrong. Why didn't I turn around and say, I mean brown sugar? Because there was something in me that felt like I was getting away with something secret. And it wasn't the brown sugar that was the problem. It was the thing in me that thought, oh, nobody knows what I'm doing. This is so cool and it tastes so good. And many of us have translated that story into adult situations. And there may not be your brown sugar in the Bible, but the motivation to get it and to keep it secret is the darkness that is in us that he wants to expose. Not so that everybody points at you, but so that you get free from that darkness and can walk in the light. Because he doesn't want to condemn you. In fact, he says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. But what he is saying is, You keep walking in that darkness pretty soon. You're going to inherit something. Do you want darkness in that part of your life? You don't. You may think you do, but you don't. It will never come to anything good. And no matter how much you like it, it will never make it light. Darkness is always darkness. 
And for those of you that are younger, please listen. Just because the world and the culture says that it's now light or right is a lie. If it's dark in the Bible, it's dark ever. There is no cultural change on sin. Sin is sin. It's still dark. It still leads to judgment. No matter if it's right, wrong, legal, doesn't matter. If God says it's darkness, it's darkness. That's why I asked the question, will you, instead of what you believe right or wrong. Because it doesn't matter what you believe right or wrong. The big question is, will you believe that darkness is darkness if God says it's darkness? Will you? Will you make those changes and fulfill what he's called you to? Will you stop playing in the darkness over there and come to the light? Will you stop lifting up yourself and start being the reflector of his glory? That's a big one. That's hard. So I'm going to take just a minute. For those of you that you've never made a decision to actually follow Jesus Christ, maybe you've told yourself, I walk with Christ. I know Christ. He didn't ask you to know him. He asked you to follow him. And if you take a look at your life right now, you know by the beating of your heart and how you're feeling, you know you're not following him. You're just walking with him. Or however you're convincing yourself, it's okay. But you're the person I'm talking to right now that we need to pray for. So if you're in that spot where you're walking with him, it's time to change position and walk behind him. And he will lead you and he will guide you. And he'll guide you into righteousness, never back to darkness. So I want to pray for you right now. Lord, this is not per se salvation message because I believe they, they may know that you are God, but they're still following themselves. They're still wanting to lead and they want you to follow them. They're still playing in dark areas and they're still getting drunk. They're still engaging in activities that lead them into bondage. They're still messing around with unforgiveness and and emotional stuff that, that even though it's unseen, it's darkness. Lord, I pray right now that they would change position this morning and come under the submission and power of Jesus Christ and be led. Are you following him? Will you follow him? And you can argue all you want. And you'd probably win that argument with me. But you're not going to win it with him. Darkness is darkness. He's either Lord, which puts him in first place way out ahead of you. Or he's not Lord. And you're not following him. You're following your own plan. And that's darkness. So if that is you this morning, no condemnation. Today is the day to make a new decision. Lord, I didn't even know this. I didn't even realize I was walking in darkness. I didn't realize that I was choosing to to love evil over you. So Lord, right now, I want to follow you. I want you to be the one that guides me and leads me. I want you to be the one that shows me how to to love my wife or my husband, how to, how to love my boyfriend or girlfriend, how to be the right woman, be the right man, how to be the right worker, how to be the right parent, how to, how to be the right Christian so that the world will see your light and, and want to see the glory of God. 
never made that decision, today's a great day to do that. The only thing that's holding you back is your pride. You don't have to stop the mess that you're in. You just have to decide to follow him. He'll, he'll lead you out. He'll lead you out of that addiction. He'll lead you out of that porn. He'll lead you out of that bondage. He'll lead you out of the drugs. He'll lead you away from those friends that hold you back. He's, he is God. Just follow him. The question is, will you? And now for the rest of us, our job is to show the world the light of God, not our own light, not a church's light, not a denominational light, not me being some super Christian light. That's, that's us preaching about ourselves. Our job is to show the world the light. So I'm arming you this morning with a super powerful flashlight that's to be shined up, not at yourself. That light is the Holy Spirit that will guide you and lead you. It will be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path, and others will see that path, and they'll know how to get out of the darkness they're in. Not because of you, but because of the light. So, Lord, for those that have been long-term Christians, that you've forgotten what your purpose is, and your purpose is not to come to church to get your needs met. Your purpose is not to learn more about the Bible Your purpose is to follow him and to lead other people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Period. That's your first and ultimate assignment. If you've got free time after that, learn, study. But your primary job is to lead others to the light. And maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you've strayed back into the shadows. You're not fully in the dark, but you've kind of got off track. You think it's about knowledge. You think it's about having mastered your your own behaviors and that's enough. It's not enough. The Bible says we're supposed to show others the light. Specifically, his word says that if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men, good men, bad men, sinners, saints, everybody in between, he'll draw them to himself. That's our job, to lift up that light. We're not the light. We're just a witness of the light. And for those of you that want to rationalize, this is the last part for you. How would you explain your behavior when you tell people you're a Christian and you're still doing... You're still an unsubmitted person. You're still yelling angry, drunk, and using. You're still stealing. You're still out of control. What, what excuse are you going to use for the people that ask you when, when they know you're a Christian? The lame one? Oh, I'm not perfect. If you know it right here and now, that will you question starts with you as well. Will you come back to live the life you know you're supposed to live? Will you put aside some of that nonsense? Whether it's sin or not, it's hurting your witness. It's damaging the kingdom. It's bringing darkness on the name. Will you?
That's the big question this morning as you get ready to go. Will you? Will you deal with this? Will you believe this? Will you begin to walk this out? Or will are you going to scurry back into the darkness like a cockroach that loves the darkness? I believe better for you. I believe maybe you didn't know that you're supposed to change. I believe maybe you got sidetracked. I believe that the grace of Jesus Christ gave this message for you today so that you wouldn't inherit judgment. But now it's about whether you're going to harden your heart and follow the Holy Spirit or whether you've just done your time here and you're going back to whatever you were involved in. I pray that you've seen that Jesus is the light and we're supposed to follow him this morning. So God, guide us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. Let your word be a light to our feet. Let your light shine on our hearts where that that mess starts. Our futile thinking, our evil desires. Lord, would you shine it bright and, and begin to cause that to get pushed out and become part of our past, not the thing we practice. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.